welcome back to Spirituality Untapped. I'm Melody. And I'm Michelle. Welcome, Solis. We want to thank you for being a part of the sisterhood. You guys are the reason we created this space. And if you're new, welcome. You've found your sanctuary. This is where we finally get to be our weirdest, expanded, most authentic selves together. Yes, you're now a part of this radical mission of finally healing your past, unlocking your purpose, and really truly living as your highest self. Hello guys, and welcome back to Spirituality on Tap. Hi friends, so excited to be here with all of you. Right, yes. It's, by the way, if no one knew, it's about 108 degrees in my (sighs) car. No, I'm not in my car, but I was. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's like in Washington, it's probably like maybe 70. <laughs> and the That's thing so is, nice. I was outside today and I was like sweating balls. And I'm like, it's like true Washingtonian. But yeah, I saw that you were posting a lot about Seattle. Don't you miss the weather compared to Vegas? I'm so in love with Seattle. But the thing is, Gabriel, my counterpart, my love, my soulmate, he is prospering in his career and I feel like it would be a shame to not let him fulfill that so we're gonna stay in Vegas for a little bit longer but we made a um we made a compromise I get to travel to Seattle whenever I feel like it (laughs) yes I love that so much and how are you guys doing you and Gabriel I know you guys have been trying lately we've been doing okay sorry if you hear my dog in the background but he he's my child but we uh we've been trying to actually have speaking of children, children. <laughs> we've been trying to make a fourth child yeah. that comes yes. me. um and the funny thing is michelle and i were bantering just a little bit before we started recording and she started talking to her spiritual children and funny thing is i've been like seeing images of my child at, at a very young infant age. And I'm like, this feels so real. And it feels like I could cry. And I'm like, I want to make feel a like baby here. I have, I think they're with us right yes, now. Yes. And it's weird. Cause like the second I start thinking about them, I feel like they're right next to me. And, um, Okay, I know for those of you, because I can just hear it in my ear, like in our audience, if some of you are like, what the fuck are you talking mm-hmm. about? What's a, what's a spiritual child? Let me just explain to you what we actually mean when we're saying this. <laughs> um, I, it, Oliver and I don't have kids right now. <laughs> we just have Emma, our dogs. And then with Melody, if this is your first time listening, she has three dogs, yep, right? three dogs. And they're trying for a fourth. So that's what she met is like an actual real human baby child, right? <laughs> so I think you guys are trying, right? To have children. We are. It's, we are. And everyone's like, just let it happen. And I'm like, mm, if you oh knew my God, me, my mom, I'm not going to let it just happen. <laughs> my mom says that all the time. She's just like, you need to make sure that you would just relax. And I'm like, first of all, I don't want to talk to you about this. Mom, stop telling me to relax. I'm trying like to have sex. Like that's really not your space right now. Um, but to rewind a little bit with the spiritual children thing, what I really meant, because a lot of the times in the morning, something that's really um, like a part of my routine is to talk to either a past version of myself, a future mm-hmm. version of myself, my highest self, we're right. huge into parts work. And I think it's one of the most impactful things for me to talk to kind of the non-physical aspects of myself. Um, and the other day, I think it was actually a couple of weeks ago, 
So I was like, you know what, if I could talk to different versions of myself and I could talk to my spirit guides and my ancestors, why wouldn't I want to connect with my children, my Mm -hmm. unborn children? Right. And I know that there's a lot of practices that have to do with like when, you know, it's not too late when they're in your stomach, like start having them listen to music or like Mm -hmm. speak to them. Like those things are really important to connect. And as spiritual individuals, hence spirituality on tap, <laughs> we can go and take it even further, right? right? And that preparation for us, in my belief, to have a child can start right now. Like, so I've Ooh. been talking to Camila. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that so a cute, cute name? I love that um, name. Yeah, I I know I'm going to have a girl. I feel like I'm going to have a girl and two boys for mm. whatever reason, but a girl first and her name's Camila. And then one of the boys' names is Isaiah. So like they're coming through right now. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. I don't you. know. I, I just know it's going to happen really soon. And by the way, mm-hmm. would you want to be like a godmother? Oh, fuck oh. yeah. Vice versa <laughs> to you, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> so firstborns, we're making a pact right now that like we get to be the godmother of oh, fuck yeah. the first oh, yeah. one. Yeah. But yeah, I've been talking to them lately and they've been coming through and they're really eager. I feel like they're like, is it time, mom? Like, <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Yeah, so it's like, time. time. It's totally time. They're just waiting for you to be ready to have them. Yes. Because like I've noticed that a lot of parents, a lot of mothers or young parents tend to have a lot of either regret or maybe a slight. I wouldn't say hatred, but maybe a slight dislike of the fact that they're having a child when they aren't really physically ready or mentally or emotionally. And guys, mind you, Michelle and I are heavily, uh, well, I'm not, okay, I'm taking this back. I'm speaking for myself, but feel free to agree or disagree. But I do feel like if you are not ready, your child will feel that. Your child will know that you are not, you weren't ready to have them. And there might be some type of disconnect between you guys in some way, shape or form, either emotionally, um, probably more emotionally, but there could be some like physical detachment, whatever. But I do feel like for me, I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, my mom did not want a third, a fourth child. I'm her fourth fourth kiddo. She had three boys and she was set, you know, my mom was set. And according to her, my mother's also very spiritual and she's also a medium. Um, she saw my little spirit come and say, Hey, I would like you to be my mother. Would you be my mom? And she's like, no, I'm not, I don't want a kid. I don't want a kid. I guess she after said that to the unborn version of you. Yep. She kept on saying okay. that. I think after two or three months, she finally was like, you know what? Fine. Like next day <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> Wait, do you have a spiritual, like, have you done one of those life regressions where you can go oh, back? Yeah. And re- yep. I did. Are you? I, so this is a memory mm-hmm. that you're talking. Oh my yeah. God. Whoa. And I confirmed amazing. it with my mom. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that's incredible but I really yeah. relate to like and I didn't have like a memory but I I feel like a lot of my shit is like somatic like mm-hmm. I have like things that I just know in my body and I feel uncomfortable like I feel the patternings and mm-hmm. one of them was that I just knew that my mom I don't think my mom wanted children at all with my yeah. father um I hope she doesn't listen to this oh my gosh <laughs> but this is just an assumption mom <laughs> but um I just feel like she talks a lot about how she wasn't, she just wasn't ready. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think her body was ready. She had a, like very constrained. She had a lot of like health issues mm-hmm. at the time um, when she was having children. So her body was like rejecting it at the mm, same time. Yep, and yep, I could yep. feel that from her for years. And I had to do a lot of like healing work around that. Mm-hmm. But if you guys, um, I think the relationship with 
like your mom and yourself obviously is like such a huge thing that you need to get into and yep. maybe Melody will like link it down below but I feel like we have the mother wound <laughs> episode right we do have a mother wound. I'm like on our little podcast list and I can't find it but I thought I'd try to be cool make it slick but I'll have you like <laughs> plug it in later um, but yeah I think that's really important as we're talking about children to start with thinking about origin stories with your mother, how that mm-hmm. all kind of ties in together. And the reason why I'm kind of like piecing these little components is origin stories are super important when you're trying to manifest anything, when you're trying to mm-hmm. create the reality that you want. And now I want to start transitioning into the episode today, um, which is all around the energetics of money. So So something that I want you to be thinking about as we're kind of speaking about origin stories of, you know, inner child stuff, all of that Mm -hmm. is to think about what your origin stories were around money specifically. Hopefully that was a pretty smooth (laughs) transition. Build it it in the last episode. I'm not as good as her, but (laughs) I, yeah, I I think this would be a perfect time to start talking about that. So keep that in mind as we go along. Right. All right, guys. So the energetics of money is actually really simple. I think a lot of people tend to complicate it just because it's money. And for a lot of people that might be a complicated feeling. So I'm going to start you guys off with a quote and please. Wait, I didn't do my promo. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Promo time. (laughs) Entering promo. That was my fault. Okay, cool. Um, really quick promo. Hi, self accelerator. I retired for two seconds and now I'm un- unretiring it. Melody and I have been just like trying new things with the company. Like how involved are you going to be? How not involved mm-hmm. are you going to be? Like, what should we do? So the last few months have been really trial and error, got yep. the spaciousness for that. And now we're deciding like, Hey, like, let's just run it. Just say, we know it works. It's impactful she was actually a student in it. So it's a 12 mm-hmm. week program on finding your purpose, executing a plan, reality creation, and making sure that you get community along the way. So if you want to learn more about that, hit us up in our DMs and I can give you more information about that. We are opening August 8th for enrollment. You have plenty of time to do some exploration with our brand, get to know us, sign up for a clarity call, all the good stuff. If you're like, ah, where do I start? Project 3 dot. Okay, I'm ready now. Okay. And just a side note, if you guys aren't sure about the program, please feel free to DM me and ask me because again, yeah. I've been working with Michelle for over a year and that's the program that changed my life. And if you guys don't know about that, feel free to check out our first three to four episodes because I talk about it immensely. Anyway. And you guys, you can watch her talk about it too. Like if you go to our testimonial page, it's mm-hmm. like the first or the second section down on project3h.com, there's Mm -hmm. a whole host of testimonials that you can read so you can get a feel of what the results would be like for you. Um, And Melody's is in there. She has like the highlighted showcase (laughs) one. (laughs) (laughs) She's a star, she's a star, my friend. No, all of our students are stars, but since she's part of the company now, I thought I would highlight her. So, all right, okay. (laughs) All right, and promo. Anyway, back into the energetics of money, guys. Um, as yeah. I said, I'm gonna start off with a quote and kind of keep this in the back of your mind just because you really don't think about money until you think about money. And the first thing is money is about the energy that you put into it. So what does that mean? So we're gonna use a couple of our own examples to really provide you guys with some understanding just because 
it's a little bit easier. My first thing is, if you guys don't know what energy frequency or vibrations are, there is episode 19. Please check that out. We talk a little bit about that. So if you don't know what energetics does and what we mean by it, please listen. It will be very helpful and less confusing in this episode if you do. But the energetics of money is what you feel, think, and believe about money. Now that's really a lot to think about because you guys really are on autopilot for this stuff. Like you really don't think about money until you actually start to spend it, lose it, make it or whatever. I mean, is there any other situations that we, that we have money lying around, maybe investing it like really, mm-hmm. but, um, Michelle, what does it mean to you when, you, when I say money is about the energy that you put into it? Well, this is something that was like such a challenging thing to like crack the code on. Okay. <laughs> I just want to preface that because I probably have had like 27 years of programming Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to what is like material money versus money as energy. And I know that we mentioned the energy frequency and vibration thing, but something that you can kind of just to give you like a recap of that, just think of everything as energy. You can feel that when you are touching base with another individual, when you are thinking about the effort that you're putting into a project, that's all energy. So hopefully that feels like a little bit of a baseline so you can start applying it to what we're going to be talking about around money. But your question was like, how do I feel when it comes to energy and money, blah, 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 right? Yep. So for me, I think the number one thing that comes up when I dig into the, my past with um, money is lack mentality. Mm-hmm. The word scarcity comes up a lot. And for me, it was sense of power and control as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I want to bring that specifically up is I think there was a lot of like money and power manipulation, not in a really like intense way in my family, but I just because of my background with being a Catholic with just having like more masculine uh, misogyny, I guess, coming from my father because he's much, much older. He was born in like fucking 1900s I don't know okay we were born in the 1900s don't start with that shit too (laughs) okay that's true but it's like 1900 was like a bajillion years ago okay so it's not like wow is that it's a hundred something right okay but he was born in the I think like 48 if I can remember correctly and during that time that was a very intense level of consciousness at the time so there was so much like leveraging of material and power um, that was kind of infiltrating his consciousness. Now, I know that was a very expansive thought, so I'm going <laughs> to root it back down. But we can already see these types of power plays and dynamics in our current society. This isn't a new thing when it comes to thinking about like power and money. And now, since we are really trying to have a more positive light around the energetics of money, I want you to move from power as like a negative thing into empowerment. The more empowered I am, the more Mm -hmm. energy I create or energy I create. Therefore, the more money I attract. Now for me, um, just as baseline, because we're definitely going to talk about practical um, things around money in the next episode or in a future episode, but all you really need to know is when I am in my highest level of self-worth, think about what happens at that point. It's not that just money comes into your life randomly, which yes, it can, 
but it's more like, wow, I feel so empowered to actually quit my job and get a new one that feels mm-hmm. better for me so I can have a higher income. Or I feel so in my worth that I can go up to my boss today and actually ask for the raise that I deserve. Mm-hmm. Or that might mean, you know, I'm going to increase my prices and my packages and your coaching, you know, uh, company or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you have your own business, your Etsy shop, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're saying when it comes to energy and money. And right. if you can take one thing out of this entire podcast, it's you equating worthiness with that being the indica- indicator of how much money you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. I think when people think of money and law of attraction and energy, a lot of the time they think it's um, really around this energy of spontaneity. Mm-hmm. All of these random things, opportunities come my way. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but I say, yes, okay, fine. But that actually tells me that you're very unclear about you, what you want. You mm-hmm. are actually in lack and scarcity because you're willing to say okay and yes to anything that comes your way. Right. And what does that create if you're willing to say yes to anything? Think of dating. If you're like a person Ugh. that says yes to every <laughs> single person, do you think you're going to find your soul partner? Probably yeah. not, right? <laughs> so the person that says yes, yes to all random money, yes, multiple streams of income when I don't even have my own business. Like, okay, (laughs) whatever, that's fine. If that's kind of like where you want to start and play with it. Mm -hmm. But that person versus a person that says, okay, I know I'm not in the best financial situation right now. I know I'm not in a position to quit my job right now. So instead, what I'm going to do is ask my boss for a raise and just have that conversation. That person feels, did you hear this shift in my tone? That person Mm -hmm. feels so much more like, I know who I am. I know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying yes to. I know what I'm saying no to. And I'm just going to attempt to try this because I know I'm ready to up level. Yeah. And those are, yeah, that's hopefully illustrates more of the energetics around money. I think using examples of like that is really useful. Yeah, that's actually the perfect, that's a very perfect example because a lot of people, when they see the, the, the secret, they tend to think, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. let me think about money. And then, you know, wait, 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 wait. Oh, then spontaneously money, you know, erupts from God knows where. No, guys, that does not happen. You, I mean, if you are on such a level that you can do that, then you are basically God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. basically God. Um, and you might have that moment which we of God are mode. God, but just in human form. <laughs> like yeah, you may ahead. have that moment of God mode, which is totally amazing, but re- very rarely does it happen consistently, guys. And mm-hmm. what Michelle was putting in is that you have to have this certain level of not just feeling an alignment, but you have to have this confidence in yourself that you deserve this money. And that's pretty much one of the biggest things that I we're gonna kind of go into a little bit today about. Mm-hmm. How to deserve this. So the next thing is we're going to talk about where all this lovely programming came from. Mm -hmm. I call that the growing pleasures or pain of money, guys. Where did you learn your money habits from? I'm going to have you go first. Uh, I learned it from my parents, guys. Yeah, (laughs) duh. Duh. (laughs) We talk about this all the time guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. We talk. And if you guys keep hearing it, that means you might want to look into your upbringing. So in yeah. my family, because we are, um, uh, I'm first generation, uh, Asian immigrants here. My parents, all they knew was how to survive guys. My parents came from a third world country where money was very scarce in their life. And what they had to do was, you know, they hunt, they forage, they grew their own shit. They took jobs where they could. And it was from what I know and from what the stories I've been told, my family had to literally kind of live day by day and figure out life. 
And the only thing that was a big up level for them was taking this leap of faith and coming to America to get a better opportunity to raise their children and their children hopefully, you know, have better outcomes than what they had growing up. And, and because my parents knew what they knew, they did what they knew. So I don't blame my parents for any of that. And you guys shouldn't either, um, to a certain extent, but my parents, all they knew was save your money, save your money, go to school. Don't, you know, you only get money if you work extremely, extremely hard. Like they put a lot Mm -hmm. of limitations on how money came into my life that I learned that money was a source of happiness as as opposed to a tool to help me find happiness or help me bring happiness into my life or things like that. It was really hard because I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what money was. It was more of a, it was just this kind of holy grail that I had to go search for. And if I found it, I had to keep it and not spend any of it. Yeah. And then my mom got really confusing at a certain age where she's like, I need you to make this much money to get me all this stuff. She, mind you, she's not including inflation, the changing yes. of the times and all this fun stuff. So she thinks everything is about the same. And I'm like, yeah. no, mom, <laughs> no, <Come on. laughs> like at the time, like, like let's, here's an example. At the time that I was growing up in elementary school, uh, $35,000 to $40,000 was actually a very good amount of money to have. Like right. You can buy a house, you can buy a car, you can live like a really amazing good life. You were a fucking balling. Yeah, you were <laughs> fucking balling. Yeah. And that's why my mom's like, become a teacher because that's how much they make. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And then as time went on, you know, inflation happened, the internet came along and shit started to take form, guys. Like things started mm. to shift in the world, but my parents did not make that shift. They stayed in their time zone. They stayed in their, their known environment and (laughs) their known environment with the new world (laughs) kind of had like colliding and clashing views because my mother would tell me to make enough money to support her, like to help her do things and take care of myself, grow a family and all this fun stuff, but not make so much that I become an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I, she's like, don't be too greedy, but make enough. In my head, guys, I mean, you can imagine this, like how much is enough and what is greedy? Like, where is that line? And it was a very, very thin line. And at the age of 14 to 18, I didn't know that line. And I just kind of like yeah. threw a dart and hoped to God that I was on the line. Guys, I'm not on the line. <laughs> I'm way off. I wanted to add to, if you don't mind, if yeah, I like, pop in here for a second. But like, I, I'm realizing too, like, as you're a child, and you guys should know this already at this point, from the ages of zero to seven, this is the time where you mm-hmm. are only a subconscious mind. You don't really have your prefrontal cortex that's actually developed yet. So you can't make, use discernment, imagination, mm-hmm. strong decision-making. You think everything's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> much, yeah. and, so, and so a lot, this is essentially that time of your life where there's a lot of programming that's happened. I don't know necessarily when your mom was kind of feeding those things into you, but I know that my mom was giving me those messages really, really young. Yeah, exactly. I remember she was like, you always need to make sure that you have money. You need to make sure that when you're in a relationship, like mm-hmm. eight, age seven, eight to 10, like she was telling me this already ready because she was the one my dad didn't work for about 10 years and then my mom was so she was the breadwinner essentially and she was like no matter what happens you need to make sure that you are always 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 the one that is making some level of money Mm -hmm. my dad again he had these ideas of like money is power but he wasn't even making a lot of money at that time too so 
um, the reason why I wanted to bring this up and kind of mm-hmm. hearing myself in your story is like, everything felt so black and white and conflicting. Right. Like all of right. the information didn't fucking make sense <laughs> in my brain. I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to have power, but then I'm also supposed to sacrifice because I need to be really giving. So that somebody too. asked me for my family, I need to give my money away. So right. I was like, okay, am I supposed to have all of this money or am I supposed to give it away? So, <laughs> so I think like, oh as I got older, I did always have money. I started working when I was 16 I think Mm -hmm. and I was working two jobs I was also going to college at the time and I was pretty like I had some flow going like manifesting money I'm realizing wasn't necessarily a problem for me right at the same time I had this lack mentality so every time I had money guess what would happen I would give it away I would spot people I'd buy gifts for people I'd buy money on me yes and so I was like why is there it's like always zero I have two fucking jobs bro like why why can I do it I'm laughing about it now but you can see that these stories like really reflect on like whoa what was I even told as a kid and how did that play out in my like early 20s right when we actually start making more money we have more autonomy etc etc but hopefully you can I mean would you agree that everything felt really black dude you literally hit everything on the head because I forgot that self that self shit bullcrap where you're yeah sacrifice the savior Mm -hmm. complex because my mom Mm -hmm. was the same way and if you guys are not from an asian family or whatever in some asian cultures not all but some you have to give back to your elders in some way shape or form and the most common form is money now honey honey. i ain't got no money money for you honey okay (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) hell no (laughs) screw that shit that's what's fucked up. Here's the thing. Like, this is where it gets nuanced. It's like, like, I agree though. Like, I actually agree. Like I would never put my parents into a home. I want to take care yeah. of them until they pass. I want to be able to give money to them. Like, yes, to all of those things, but caveat asterisks, asterisk, asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, asterisks. Um, I also know that I need to have a full cup. Like I need yeah. to take care of myself first. If you guys know it that is. analogy of like making sure that you put the oxygen oxygen mask on yourself first before the pers- your, the other person are helping anybody on the airplane, yeah. right? That's the same concept that we should be using in our own lives. Give yes. from the overflow. And so yes. we're so trained to be like, give, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 sacrifice. But it's like, I need to make sure that I have enough for myself first before I actually am able to take care of my parents, take care yep. of the people around me. So that's really important to note as well. Yes. And also another note on top of that note, guys, we are, Michelle and I are not ungrateful people. We work hard for our crap and we're not saying don't give if you don't, don't give money. If you don't have enough money to take care of yourself is what she's saying. If you have money to spare to somebody, great, feel free to, you know, give them money. But the thing is don't put yourself in jeopardy in order to be the so-called good person or the savior or have the savior complex, because guess what? not everyone is going to feel the same way about you when you ask for help. And I've been, and I'm pretty sure Michelle has been through the situation where we've given so much. And then there was a time where we needed the help, but the people that we've given to never gave back to us when we really, really needed it. Yeah. Because it was a codependency that we created Mm -hmm. and you have to think again about the energetics of your Mm -hmm. intention. And I think a lot of the time when I was spotting people, when I was, you know, taking care of others or giving money away for whatever the case was, mm-hmm. it was because I wanted to be liked. So the combination yep. of like 
me having always having money and then spotting or you know copying whatever those examples may be that you guys can think of it was because i in combination of my people pleasing tendencies it just was all bad <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean so again this is why boundary work boundary work is really important as well um and to really mm-hmm. see like wh- why am i giving money away why am i spending it you know mm-hmm. what am i what am i being taught and is there enough for me so these are really crucial questions to start asking ourselves yep so, so do you want to move on to them yeah like well kind of a recap before we move forward just so you guys know what, what we're saying is look at your programming look at how your parents actually talked about money when you were growing up from the ages of when you can remember to about seven and probably into your early teens young and young adult time look at what your parents did and look how you're spending habits were and potentially maybe look at the people that you hung around with in high school or in college some Mm. people had more Mm. than others so pay attention to your environment back in the past now um again guys michelle and i did a lot of work to get to where we are so we're not saying that this is going to happen overnight but it is you can definitely change your thoughts and feelings about how money is to you so anyway so what are your current feelings and thoughts on money currently? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a couple of things that I want to go over. Um, I'm realizing now as we're getting into this, because you guys can very clearly see there's so many different avenues that we can take when it comes to speaking about money. But hopefully mm-hmm. you can start at least getting a kind of that initial initial starting point um, mm-hmm. for you start to explore like what your preconceived notions about it are, what your patterns are, et cetera. Sorry, we're being really repetitive, whatever. Um, but the last two things that I really wanted to <laughs> go over are a couple examples that I had written down about a past client. So you guys can get more of an idea of various scenarios that may or may mm-hmm. not apply to you. What is in terms of what the formula is to this is number one, know your origin stories. Number two, figure out your patternings. Number three, start paying attention and observing your um, spending habits and then make adjustments accordingly. Every time it's always gonna be 80% mindset and spiritual work around this stuff, which is exciting Mm -hmm. because that's probably all of the things that you guys enjoy learning about. And then 20% is that aligned action piece, but they're equally, the portion, uh, the ratios are very vastly different, 80 to 20%, but they're equally as important. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. That's why we're gonna do a whole segment on like the practical steps around manifesting money. Um, But right now we wanna make sure that you get that energetic. So here's my first example. I did have this woman, her name, I'm not gonna share her real name. I want to say her name's Amber. Oh, Beth. Okay. Let's call her Beth. Okay, cool. Beth, Beth, she was an interesting one because I like to give you guys examples of not things that are like so obvious because you can find those everywhere. I want to start giving you things that are just like a tiny bit more subtle. And for hers, she um, had a mom that like was regularly asking for money. She was like, oh, can you cover lunch? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, can you, um, yeah, pick up bills or whatever the case is, can I borrow a little money? And it wasn't even frequent. It was like every few months, she would kind of like touch base and see if she could ask for help. And Beth, (laughs) 
right? She would always actually give it. She would never say no. That was mm-hmm. all well and good. She didn't mind. She actually made really good money too. So it was right. like not a huge deal for her, mm-hmm. but there was something that was really blocking her from actually getting a new job because she wanted to switch careers at that time, but mm-hmm. nothing was happening. And something that I always mention to people is love and money are very similar. They're the energy of giving and receiving. They're two really huge driving forces in people's lives. What are the top two things that anybody go to personal development for? Wanting to make more money, wanting to build wealth consciousness and like infinite whatever, right? That's level of some safety and security. Or people want like partnership, love, mm-hmm. better relationships. These are the top things that are really human needs, right? So I wish she was like, yeah, I, I know the rule for law of attraction is like give as much out so that you can receive it. When you're giving, you receive. And for her, she was like, I feel like I've been giving. I helped my mom out. She brought up her mom and how frequently she would give to her. And mm-hmm. I was like, hold on. Like, actually, let's look at this. If something you you know that you have issues with kind of saying no to her, it doesn't always feel good because she was like, ugh, sometimes I feel like she's like my daughter. I have to take care of her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she really didn't want that dynamic anymore. So the problem was she was giving to her mom when she actually didn't wasn't giving from that overflow that we were talking about she felt like it was an obligation to like help her out with money even when she had it so mm-hmm. when she told her mom hey mom like I think I'm gonna stop she in her own words she stopped that flow from her mom and that's actually the point where it was like three months later she got her dream job where she was able to kind of do more design work all of this stuff mm-hmm. for a company that she really wanted to work for but for somebody that is really um, holds on to their money, like, and are really, really kind of rid- has more rigidity around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really, really good with money, but they want to create more, but they're constantly thinking about all of their investments, the potential debt that they have, that they still need to clear out, blah, blah, blah. They mm-hmm. would actually be, need to be the ones that would be giving money to their mom more frequently and do it out of a sense of love versus Beth, who needed to say no to her and cut it off. Do you see how different it is the the difference between those specific scenarios is the patterning one person is a little bit more rigid so giving money is going to help them bring more money in for Mm -hmm. beth that is not going to help her because she's already giving so frivolously abundantly i'll just say with (laughs) like no with no issue right she's constantly giving for her she needed to actually stop turn that faucet off so that the right things could actually come in. She was creating too much spaciousness for that. It was almost leaky, right? So those are the things that I really want you to look at. And something else that I wanted to mention that I think is going to be really useful, and this might also be a podcast in itself, is career, making decisions around your career. And I think a big one that a lot of fucking people talk about, (laughs) and definitely this is the reason why I even started my company, honestly, Mm -hmm. was how do I fucking get out of this nine to five job (laughs) and make, you know, have an uncapped income? Like, when can I do that? How can I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm really fucking good at romanticizing shit. I'm so good at it. I'm Get so out. good at thinking about what, yeah, like what's my yep. dream life? Where do I want to live? <laughs> Where's my vision board, my list, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets down to the nitty gritty, this is when I need all of her guys. <laughs> I don't know how to put the steps together <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so when I first, I found manifestation 20, 
17, 18, maybe it was like just a few years ago, I would say, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And I was scheming. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And if it really, like, if I really want the money and if I really believe in myself, I'm going to quit and just make it happen. Mm-hmm. That was me. And I did that thing. I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking about that for yourself. Can I quit my job? When's the best time to do it? Et cetera, et cetera. And I did everything. I pulled my <laughs> retirement out. I quit my job on the fucking fly. I like maxed out all of my credit cards to like bootstrap my business to like make it happen for myself. And though like, yes, it worked out for the last three years. Like I'm in a position now where I'm having to like flex and like, I'm not that bajillionaire (laughs) that I thought I was going to be when I quit. Mm. And it's, there's a lot more realism in it. So I was like, damn, when I look back on it, I was like, I quit my job. I like did make things happen for myself. I had the independence, blah, blah, the coaching mm-hmm. career. I'm still not exactly where I want to be with it, but I'm like, so why did I do that? Like, what did I even learn from that? And it actually wasn't that when you quit and just take the leap, the net appears like, mm, yes, that's true. But for me, there was a different plan that the universe had for me. And during that time, I was with my ex and I realized that that knee-jerk reaction, that need to quit my job was to put me in a really shitty financial situation so that I had to sublet my apartment and I forced myself to actually leave that relationship because I was in that financial rut. So that financial rut forced me and really saved me from an abusive relationship. So it wasn't necessarily directly correlated with me needing to create wealth. It was more directly correlated again with love and actually breaking a love pattern versus a money pattern. So this is how you really start to understand your, not just the general energetics of money, but your personal energetics of money. Hopefully this onslaught of all of these various examples really help you get a feel of, you know, what you need to grow through, what you need to reflect on and what you need to analyze. But this is a really good point for all of you guys to start creating reflections for yourself. So you can then start taking appropriate action to creating that wealth that I know (laughs) that you want. And I have a ton of other things here, literally like another page and a half of like FAQs, all of that. If you guys want us to do a part two, I'm more than happy to work with Melody so that we can make that happen. Um, But I think at this point, it might be a good part to talk about tips and tidbits in terms of really understanding the energetic money. What do you think? Yeah, that's actually perfect because again, guys, this is a lot of information that, um, we it's a lot of information to take in and our next couple episodes for warning guys it's going to be a lot of information in general because we really want to serve you guys and we really want to make changes for you based on our experience and being able to kind of give you that in normal human terms as opposed to the spiritual terms of abundance and spirituality and blah 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 fun stuff Mm -hmm. but um some of our tips and tidbits is i really highly recommend you guys go back through our um podcast episodes and actually look through of them. Um, one of them being the healing of your inner child and your inner teenager. That's actually a beautiful one because we do go into depth about how you, how you actually are influenced well before you're even born. Like you're, when you're in the womb, you get a lot from your mom. And of course we have an episode of healing the father wound 
this it takes it takes two to tango guys you have a mother and a father and they influence you quite heavily which also means take a look at the people that you're around even i mean we have a lot of episodes and i think one of my funnest episodes that we've actually recorded is about body image and health and i actually had like a big ass epiphany and we want you to have that same reaction like it's i think episode 18 part 1 listen through it all and wait till the very end because you're going to just hear me and Michelle going, oh shit, it's <laughs> quite funny and quite lovely. Yeah. But um, that's what my tips and tidbit for this week, guys, is to really think about your life. Think about how others have influenced you and actually ask, are these my own thoughts? If mm-hmm. you can, if you can say no, then you need to really rethink your life just a little bit. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to give you guys, since she came and gave you like more of like almost like a starter kit, which I think is really beautiful on like how to start digging into trainings. I'm going to give you something that you guys can take away today. And again, I love formulas and steps. So number one, think of energetics. Number two, start envisioning the type of life you want with the level of wealth that you're creating. And then number three, create an execution plan. And this is something that really is echoed in High Self Accelerator as well. This is essentially what that structure is. When you're able to do some healing work, I don't give a fuck what type of healing work it is. Go on YouTube, look up healing work. I bet you'll find something that's going to be useful for you. Then next is envisioning. When you're not actually able to like think of a place think of the type of person that you want to be. If that isn't on the floor, you're never going to have that energetic burst to get that daily action done. And then number three is the daily action itself. Now we've healed. Now we know what our big vision is. What are we going to do on a daily basis? And for you guys, it could be as simple as looking at our bank statement and start writing down, okay, what did I actually spend my money on for the last 30 days? You might notice for me, it's always food. Okay. It's always <laughs> groceries. It's eating now. It was like going to bars a lot when I was drinking mm-hmm. at the time. By the way, 10 days sober, holiday girl. I'm still going Ooh. strong. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that's gonna that could be something like that. It could actually be if you guys don't are in debt any longer, you know that you want to start putting your money into a 401k, you want to put it into investing, you want to start looking at those percentages and really understanding NFTs or whatever, if you want to think more expansively, that might mean you spend 30 minutes every other day to make sure that you're educating yourself on better mm-hmm. places that you can start growing your money. Because in this day and age, if you just have it in a checking account or a savings account, you're losing money because again, mm-hmm. inflation and your money isn't going to be worth the same as it is a year from now. Even. Exactly. So keep those things in mind. If you feel like you're more at that advanced level, if you're getting out of debt and you're just wanting to have, you know, more money coming in and you're trying to figure out how to just build that dollar and have a better relationship with it, then you need to be just looking about looking at your debt. How can you start mm-hmm. um, calling your credit card banks and making sure that your interest might be a little bit lower if you're in better standing with them? There's so many things. And if that felt overwhelming for you, just write down three action steps and make sure that you do that within the next two weeks. Give me that fucking simple. If you are one of these people that listen to this podcast and you're like, that was too much information, too much information. I feel overwhelmed. I know what, don't know what to do. You have no fucking excuse. You can do one fucking thing today. And something that I really want to shift into, because I think I coddle all of you guys way too much. And I love (laughs) every single one of you, you know that, 
but especially as highly sensitive people and empaths, something that Mm -hmm. we need to get beyond is like having a thicker skin. So just go out there and get it done. (laughs) It it really is. All right. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you for joining us. And, and, and again, guys, we do this from a place of love and support, but we're like Michelle said, coddling you doesn't do you much. We're trying to push you to that point where you take that leap of faith in yourself and invest in yourself, guys. This is about mm-hmm. more than just getting money into your life. It's about actually manifesting or creating that life that you truly deserve. And mm-hmm. if you don't believe that you deserve that life, that kind of life, then you really need to go back to episode like one and just hear us. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that out there. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. And guys, thank you again for just bearing with us. We know that we talk a lot, but we like talking. Yes. This is what we do for a living now. Okay. Thank you. Um, And with that, (laughs) a little bit more business over here, make sure you're following us on Instagram, checking out the show notes to make sure that you can get all the resources you need to, again, like I said, get that shit done. And obviously these are all free resources for you to really dig into. Yep. And if you need accountability coaches, just tag us in Instagram and we will be your, uh, like your, we'll be your accountability person. We're annoying. So we'll do that. (laughs) All righty guys. Remember that, um, you guys could actually be anything because you are everything. So take that to heart. We don't say that just because we say it because it's true. And we want this to be ingrained into your brain. You are capable of anything. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hi, Sully's Melody here, and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I am so happy and grateful for you guys. This is going to be a wonderful little surprise, but Michelle and I have two special guests that are coming onto our podcast, and we are so excited to introduce you guys to them. And if you want to know who it is, please feel free to follow us on Instagram and wait for our wonderful little update posts. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.